Hello, welcome to Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. I am a recent public policy graduate school graduate myself, and I'm a frequent higher education watcher. So today I want to talk about probably the most important topic when it comes to considering uh, graduate programs that's never talked about until it's too late. And that's the cohort system versus the what I call free-for-all system in terms of student management. So why does this matter? And, you know, I think the thing is that a lot of people don't really think about how students are managed by school or organized by school to elicit the best student experience. And student experience determines how someone enjoys a graduate school in terms of social benefits, in terms of how it's structured to help them in terms of career networking, how it's structured to help them learn. So, you know, a, a lot a lot of people just think about rankings, job outcomes, prestige, but for whatever reason, they don't think about um, you know, what's the experience they want when they go into a school. So, you know, what is the difference between cohort system and the free-for-all system? So I'm going to start by explaining the cohort system. The cohort system is when a school splits up older students into cohorts. Sometimes it's called groups. Sometimes it's called sections. Comes Sometimes it's called study pods, whatever. For the rest of this podcast, we call it cohort. And... For example, a uh, grad school might have five cohorts or so. And each cohort um, has its own structured programming, whether it's taking a certain number of classes together, uh, having a lot of social events together, sometimes even having designated physical space together. And there's essentially two types of cohorts. One is a purely randomized cohort. So like if a school has 120 students, they split it up into you know, uh, four groups of 30. Um, so another type of cohort is a concentration-focused cohort. So, for example, uh, you'll have like a domestic policy cohort, an international relations policy cohort, and a national security cohort. Um, so, so to help people just be, be with others, and similar policy uh, area interests. And then there's a fair amount of different dynamics in how cohort programming is involved. Uh, usually there's some leadership structure involved in a cohort. They have uh, student leadership titles and responsibilities. Um, there's social events tied to each cohort. Um, there, sometimes schools make sure there's a lot, fair amount of diversity within a cohort. Um, and so there's all sorts of things uh, schools can do in terms of just programming dynamics. So if a cohort system is that basic form, just splitting students up into organized groups, what's a free-for-all system? And it's pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, a school has older students, and they're not, they're not put into any organized groups. They're pretty much on their own to get the classes they want, uh, Get, get in the social environments they want, get in the clubs they want, so on and so forth. 
There's no central organizing factor. So, you know, why do cohorts exist for some schools and why do other schools not care for, for it? And I think to understand that, we need to talk about the pros and cons of cohorts. Now, I'm going to be fully transparent. I personally um, am a huge proponent of cohorts. My policy graduate program did not have a cohort system. It was a free-for-all. Uh, I have family members who went to uh, policy schools that were both cohort and non-cohort. But I have another graduate degree, which the experience was driven by a cohort system. So I've seen it come, come into play. So I think let's start with uh, the pros of a cohort system. So first of all, um, you know, when you're structured within a group, in, there is just a greater opportunity for diverse interactions. So if it's a fr- usually when it's a free-for-all group, um, people with similar backgrounds tend to congregate. So all the international students congregate with each other, the veterans congregate with each other, the former teachers congregate with each other. Um, when there's a cohort and you're put in a cohort, you really have to, su- to succeed. There's, um, a, there's a lot of co-help for classes. So the former teacher has to talk to the, the veteran, the international student, whatever, um, to, and have those interactions to help children with class. And those interactions might not have been fostered, um, if there wasn't some structured cohort to just plop them in together. And a lot of people, including my family members who went through cohort system have highlighted how much they appreciated that they were really, um, structured to, interact with people they, they probably wouldn't have otherwise. Second, in terms of pros for cohort, it's easier in terms of student management. And that's true for both the schools and, and from a student perspective. When the student population is divided into smaller chunks, um, it, it's just make for the administration, they just talk to individual cohorts and for programming and for, for, disseminating messages, systems, whatever, and it just makes it more manageable. And then for students, um, you know, their basic uh, social identity and connective identity academically is through the cohort. So it's just easier to put together and consume. The third is that, um, comes to pros, that when it's a cohort-driven um, system, there's going to be, generally speaking, a lot more academic a- activities and professional development activities that are based on team dynamics. So working groups, working in teams. And, and part of that a lot of times is also um, peer, peer teaching each other about how people work in teams. So usually a lot more group projects uh, and group projects with a consistently same uh, pool of people. So, I really think that's helpful because I've seen just programs with the cohorts and which people really help each other how to be professionals. Um, when you're a free-for-all, like when teachers are with other teachers, sometimes they'll know the behaviors of what they don't know because they just don't have the background for it. But when you're a diverse group there's just a, and you work in a team together, there's a lot of learning involved in terms of dynamics and peer help. And it helps you be a better professional because in the real world, there's a lot in the professional setting that is, there's a lot of team dynamics, um, to be leveraged. 
And then finally, I will say schools that have a cohort system tend to have a more cohesive student environment, just because you have a you know a smaller group that's your closest、uh, posse, so to speak, to take care of you, to be friends with, to be social with, and then you have a deep, usually deeper connection with them,、um, because essentially you're built in friends or but you're built in family, and that's a basic source of a、uh, cohesiveness as a student group. So, given these、um, pros of a cohort system, why, you know, what what's so bad about cohorts? Why don't all schools assume a cohort system? So I think there should there should something be said about there are cons, there are real cons to a cohort、uh, system for grad school. So first is、um, it it could be said a cohort system detracts from And ind- individual students from understanding ac- understanding and learning academic material. I usually hear a lot of professors complain about this、uh, in cohort system grad schools. The argument basically is in the cohort system,、um, the students aren't really learning the material or lear- figuring out how to learn the material individually.、Uh, what's really going on is that they might learn something and then all their buddies、uh, help them out, help them understand it. And teach it to them. So at the end of the day, they come out knowing how to put together answers、uh, on a problem set or, or on a presentation, but they haven't really picked up the skills to、uh, between lecture and text really really learn uh, material uh, for academic purposes. And you know, I, I was, that that I think that might have some level of truth to there.、Um, and then. A second con about、uh, cohort system is you know, social dynamics can go wrong.、Um, there have I have heard stories about someone being cohort in which because they had someone they didn't really like in their cohort, it just ruined dynamics for them. And you know you're stuck in a smaller group, and they're just a person, a group of people, small group of people that you don't like, and you, but you're stuck with them. You know it could really hurt the graduate school experience. The third is the there's a certain level of misconnections when when someone's in a cohort system. I hear students who were in cohort system say, "Hey, they know everyone in a cohort, but they don't really know anyone else outside a cohort. Or they don't know them well. They might say, 'Hey, I seen that person. I know that name, but because they're so focused on knowing and working with people in cohort, people outside a cohort <laughs> don't really know that well. So." Uh, you know, and I think that's legitimate. So, free for all system. Now, in the free for all system, what are its pros and cons?、Um, and some of these things will sound familiar based off the cons of a cohort system. So, the pros is what I mentioned previously. How a lot of professors feel that the free for all system is the best system for just individual learning and individual achievement without the the spoiling effects of your buddies helping you in group work. Uh, the second, which I also kind of referred to, was you avoid potentially tense social dynamics.、Um, and then the third is、uh, just you know, for sometimes for smaller programs,、um, it's just you know, why have bother to have a cohort?、It、might not even be necessary. So I do want to say 
there's one very interesting reason in which a lot of schools preserve a free-for-all system. And I didn't list it as a con for cohort system because I don't really think of it as a con. But um, for, for some schools, they really stress this. And this is what I call the star professor system. Or the, I'm sorry, the star professor problem. And the star professor problem is when you have one or two or, or three um, star professors that every student wants. And when they're in a cohort system, sometimes you're stuck with a certain set of professors aligned with a cohort. So for the cohort who doesn't have the star professor, they get really upset and then gripe to the administration and confront them and say something along the lines of, I'm paying so much money for this program and because I'm not in the right cohort or the cohort that has a star professor, I don't have access to that professor. So with the now this this need to have a star professor it is um is simplified when there's a free for all system that's because you know with a free for all system uh classroom registration is it usually it's it's not structured based off what cohort you're in uh it's structured could come you know lot, there's lots of ways to structure registration but it's based off via the registration system so everyone arguably has some shot at getting a star professor. And if you don't get the star professor, you just say, sorry, you didn't play the registration game right. Um, and then the deans of schools don't have piles and piles of students uh, come to them and complain how they're not structured to have the star professor. I just think this is really interesting because I've heard about it. I've seen it at play for why, uh, you know, Schools avoid having cohort system. And sometimes I know schools who have even dissolved their cohort system just because of the star professor problem. I I personally don't submit to that any professor is so much of a superstar. My experience is made or broken without having had a star professor. But apparently enough students have made it issue that um, it's for some schools to either keep or they're the free-for-all system or do away with their cohort system. So, um, you know, speaking about cons of the free-for-all system, you know, we, I kind of covered it in terms when I talk about the cohort system. It's basically, you know, when you're doing free-for-all, you're missing out on team dynamics. It's difficult to manage students, especially for bigger schools. And you know, I think the biggest thing is that there's a missed opportunity for diverse interactions. Um, I, you know, in my grad school, I, I'll be honest, I feel like that there was a lot of interactions with diverse groups that are missed by me and everyone else just because we weren't put in a cohort. So why should someone care about a cohort versus free-for-all system? So it really comes down to how, what you think best serves you in your academic and professional development. If in terms of uh, developing personal skills, if you feel like you need a, uh, pardon me, professional skills, if you feel like you need a lot of professional skills and develop a lot of professional skills, a cohort system is probably right for you. Um, you know, I mean, there's no better way to develop professional skills than living and breathing it in lots of group projects. And it might not be something you like, but it's probably something that you need. Um, and then on the flip side, 
I mean, there's something to be said about how someone learns. If someone learns by having their buddies teach them, I think, then go for a cohort system. If someone learns by classes, lectures, texts, and just random small groups that you just randomly put together, then, you know, and then maybe a free-for-all system might be better for you. I think lastly is networking. Like, how do you think about networking grad school? If you want, if you believe that it's good for you to have a small group of people that you have deep relationships with, and that is a good, strong foundation for networking, um, especially if your policy area is generally broad or generally applicable, or, or, you know, it's just easy to network into, then the cohort system totally makes sense. If you're in more of a niche field in which, you know, you don't want to, you want to have the opportunities to, uh, network with everyone, or if you're you don't really know what you want to do in graduate school, um, and you just want to talk to everyone and just have random friends across school, then you know in that case for networking, a free for all system works better for for you. Um, again, I think there's a lot of trade offs with that to be thought about for each type of system, and it's about thinking what's best for you, and also understand how each school employs their. Um, cohort system or free-for-all system because sometimes details of how they manage their system matters as well so hope that gives you a lot to think about um obviously if if you have any thoughts questions um there'll be more content coming along the way to help you think about your graduate school adventure thank you